bring Jesus walked the earth, he first called people to himself and then sent them out to be like him, to faithfully follow his example of life with God, all that he said and all that he did. When he left his friends, he gave them the instruction to make faithful followers. But what does a faithful follower of Jesus look like? As we've been listening to the Lord together for his vision for our church family, one of the clear messages we believe the Lord has been encouraging us into is that to become faithful followers, we need to cultivate healthy habits that lead to good decisions, good choices, and a growing, transformed life. Faithful followers don't arrive at a destination. They journey with Jesus together. They follow his way, leading them into the amazing adventure that is the kingdom of God in the world. So together, let's consider how our patterns, rhythms, and decisions in life might change so that we adopt healthy habits in our lives that reflect his glory and change the world in which we live. Good morning. Happy New Year. Don't we just have the most amazing media team? Julie, who we said earlier, uh, has got engaged. And Gareth, who was just, that was so good. You just play the bass so well. I love it. And Gareth, our media team, who produced all these amazing things for us uh, throughout the whole year, including these trailers. Well, add my welcome to, uh, to Gareth, if you're here for the, the first time uh, at Trinity. Uh, you are so welcome in this place. Uh, I will never, you know, it, it's said that every uh, speaker only has one talk. Uh, I think that's probably true. And I think it's also true that most of us just have little phrases that we constantly use. And I will constantly say that you're a guest of Jesus Christ in this place this morning. So uh, you may not have a complete sense of why you're here, but God does have a sense of why you're here. And you are a guest of Jesus Christ this morning, even if you thought that you were, that you were coming on your own. So, healthy habits. Why don't you just turn to your neighbour and just, have you decided, have you said already to yourself, you know, New Year resolution, or you said, I'm not going to make a resolution, but there is a healthy habit I would like to adopt this year. Just turn to your neighbour and share what it is. Or if you haven't thought of one, let your neighbour tell you what it should be. <laughs> Good questions like that. Then, then now, by the time you get to my age, or even a little bit younger, there's only two questions that guys ask you. One is, is what do you do? And I would say I'm in international sales. <laughs> As J. John has famously said. That's a good one. Um, and then the second question I get asked is, is do you play golf? <laughs> How middle class am I? Clearly. <coughs> Clearly. Well, it's not only a middle class. But you know what I mean? And, and, and I answer like this, I say, do you, do you play golf? And I, of course I say, well, you know, I, I, I can get round the course. Because <laughs> you see, that, that's the truth. I, I think of myself as a, a golfer. I, I can get round the course. In, in my man cave, 
back at, at, at home. Uh, I had a set of golf clubs that my father passed on to me. My father gets new golf clubs and he passes on his second sets to me. Um, and I play about two or three times a year when friends of mine are doing a kind of significant birthday thing or the kind of, uh, you know, stag do kind of thing. And they invite the old whatevers out for the first bit before they go on clubbing and I'm in the old whatevers category and um, because I, I want some of the fun, I want to join in with you know the staff, I want to be one of the guys, it's a great camaraderie. Are you a golfer, Andrew? Yeah, yeah I can, I can get around of course. And so then we play and, and it's great, great fun for all the guys who play golf regularly. <laughs> I mean, I really do get my money's worth, believe me, because I get so many shots around the course. I mean, they take whatever, four, five, six, I get, I get double that, at least. And, 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 you know, there I am, I'm wearing my dad's old sort of kind of golfing gear, and I've got his old, I'm a golfer, I'm a golfer, because I can get round. I mean, I hack my way round the course. I mean, I, the, of course I love playing in, in um, I've been able to play it once or twice because of the cost, down in Cornwall, St. Enidoc. Anyone played at St. Enidoc? St. Enidoc Church, where John Betjeman is, is buried in the, in the sand dunes. It's a beautiful course. You're, you're looking out to sea. Well, my friends are looking out to sea because from the main sort of fairways, you can see the sea. Um, in the rough, you, you can less see. You know, there's one particular hole where you go round towards this beautiful little church where John Benjamin is buried. They used to have to drop the vicar in through the roof when the, the sand and the storms sort of filled it in. And my friends, what you're meant to do is go round the top. It's a really steep. So they're all going along the top, you know. Okay. And there's me down here, and there's gorse and spruce. The real joke is that guys who play golf regularly, I'm, I'm assuming there's one or two here, they've even developed things called rescue clubs. Yeah? Do any of you have a rescue club? So, the irony is, the one guy who needs the rescue club doesn't own a rescue club, because his dad has not passed it on yet. I survive. I am a golfer. Wow. Wow. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Might be another question to ask. Of course, I'm sure most of us, maybe not all of us, and you're so welcome if you're wondering about this question. Would you, would you like to be a follower of Jesus Christ? I guess most of us would probably say, yes, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I've got, I've got the gear. Well, quite a lot of gear. And uh, I play, you know, really quite regularly. I, I see some people who've got a bit more gear and, and play very regularly, and, and they seem to, you know, they're having a great time, and I'm sharing in some of that great time. I'm certainly looking forward to getting to the 19th hole, to the end of the course, and I don't want to miss out. But am I, am I thriving? The Bible makes it absolutely clear, doesn't it? That, that being a follower of Jesus Christ is the deal. That was, that was Jesus' whole mission. So when God comes to earth in human form and, and walks and lives and breathes and, and we're, as a result, able to say, has anybody ever seen God? Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And when he comes, and his, his mission plan is so different to, to the way that we would do it. His mission plan is to invest himself into a small number of people and invite them and call them to follow him. And then, and then the, the, the mission plan turns out to be that their job is to replicate themselves, that they're to be followers who make followers. 
end of Matthew's Gospel. Matthew's account of Jesus' life. It's going on the, the screens for us. This is Jesus' commission. Apologies if that text is a bit small, but open up your Bibles or switch them on. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples, the 11 followers of Jesus, went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. I love that. Do you like that? You're here with doubts? You're so welcome. You're in really good company. Can't have faith if you don't have some doubts. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the earth. The age. Can't miss the all-encompassing nature of it, can you? It's not just some authority, but it's all authority. It's not just to some places, but it's to all nations. It's not just teach them some bits, the bits that you like, the bits that you sort of kind of think make, make sense in your culture. It's teach them everything I have commanded you. And it is to the very end of the age. The all-encompassing mission of Jesus Christ, the universal lordship of Jesus Christ as we've, been, as we've been singing about. The guy who's not, again to quote J. John, applying for the job of being God. The guy who is God of all things, for all time, of all people, gives a universal mission to all of us. You've heard it said, I'm sure, before. We would have done it so differently. <coughs> we would have a different plan, wouldn't we? But this is the plan. For us to be followers of Jesus Christ and then to make other followers of Jesus Christ. And necessarily, it takes the whole of our lives. The whole of our lives. When we read through scripture, through the Bible, we see that the followers of Jesus Christ are, are thriving because they worship God. They're, they're committed to God first and foremost and worship. We know what we're doing this morning is just one small element, important, but one small element. It's the way that we live the rest of today, the way we live tomorrow. It's the whole of life as our act of worship. They are praying. They're, they're knowing and they're applying the Bible to their lives. They're applying scripture to their lives. They're not thinking that it's, you know, that God is somehow distant. Post-Christmas, it's you know, helpful to remember that some people just think God is a bit like Father Christmas. You know, you, you offer your prayers and pull the lever and then God delivers what you want. But actually lots of other people in our, in our culture think that God is just distant. Maybe that's what you're wondering, is God, you believe in God, you believe in a significant other. Well, God's not distant. He's, he's present. The followers of Jesus Christ know that and experience that. And then they're displaying the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's God with us. Again, if you're here today wondering what we're talking about, what we're thinking about, God the Holy Spirit, God in our hearts, doing an inside-out transforming work. And followers of Jesus Christ, we see, are living out that reality and the fruit of the Spirit, and they're sharing with others, with each other in fellowship, they're evangelising, they're sharing their faith, they're, they're impacting on other people with their words and their deeds in ways which make other people want to follow Jesus. They're giving generously, we see. They, they can really truthfully know that everything comes from God, and so we give back in worship to God, and they're sharing together as the body of Christ. They're becoming more and more like Jesus every day. They're not people 
who got a second-hand set of golf clubs in the man cave. They're not people wearing their dad's old hat, the passed-down symbols. They're not people, actually, who, uh, who say that they can just get round. They're not people who just know enough so that they won't completely embarrass themselves when they're with the rest of the group on the course. They often are people who are in the rough as well as out on the fairway. But, but they really are in the game. They really are followers of Jesus Christ. Are you? Am I? Am I a follower of Jesus Christ? That's my question at the beginning of a new year. Why? Why would I want to choose that way? Why, why do I want to be a, a follower? Well, first and foremost, because God is God, as I've already said, and it's an act of obedience. It's a, a proper perspective on life to want to follow the one who knows every answer to every question. The one who gives life its meaning and its purpose. That's the first reason. This is not spiritual Tesco's. Other stores are available. God is not in uh, here making you a, a special offer. God is not saying, I happen to be in town, I can. God is God. And first and foremost, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ because God is God. But yes, secondly, all good things come from God. I love this William Barclay quote. There are two significant days in a person's life. If we can stick that up on the screen. Have you already put it up? Did I miss it? No, it's gone. Can we stick that one up? Two significant days in a person's life. The day you're born and the day you find out why. Do you want to know why? Become a follower of Jesus. Your head full of questions in this new year, full of unknowns. Be a follower of Jesus. This quote from Augustine. Our hearts are restless until they find rest in God. Are you restless at the beginning of a new year like me? Do you want to grow? Do you want to thrive, not just survive? Then be a follower of Jesus. <coughs> and secondly, this has got significance for us. Us as God's people in this place at this time. Give me this little handout as Gareth alluded to, Gareth mentioned before, just to share with you the things that we believe as a, as a leadership that God is, is calling us into in this next season of our, of our life together. There's so much that's so good here and we want to join in with what God is doing and go into the next, the next chapter of our life together. Three themes that we believe God is calling us to and that we need to be followers of Jesus first and foremost for. The first theme is about the positioning of ourselves before God. These are, these are three postures, if you like. What does it mean, first and foremost, to position ourselves before God as his people? Secondly, partnering to, to serve together in the kingdom. Not because we have a sense that we have to, or where we think we have to, but because we know we're called to partner. We want 
to partner in the kingdom. And planting for life. Planting new things. Now again, I'm not presenting to you today a neat description of what that looks like. We as a leadership team are full of ideas of what this, this could look like. There are some things that we're going to pursue in, in 2018 as a kind of way forward. We're, we're going to get really serious about anti-slavery and anti-trafficking. We're going to focus on that for race week. I want our town to be known as a town where slavery is not welcome. And we can't do that. We can't do that on ourselves. We'll do it in partnership with others. Not in our town. Not in our town. So we've already begun conversations with other church leaders and we're moving into conversations with community leaders to make that a reality in our town. Secondly, in the summer, our life groups, sending out through our life groups in, in local mission projects, picking up on the summer of love kind of things that we've shared before, but, but going for that with an even renewed energy. And then planting for life. We love the fact that in the seasons of Trinity's history, God has grown us large in number. But the reason that God has grown us large in number is so we can scatter and plant new churches. Friends, we're looking for some of you to leave for really good reasons, okay? For really good reasons. Because we want to plant new things, new churches, New expressions of the kingdom. For the kingdom. Now I could have come today with a kind of neat action plan for what that looked like. I, I could have given even more sort of kind of examples of these things. But I haven't. Because it's us. It's us. If we are to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ. It's a conversation, it's a journey to go on together. Now, I hope in absolutely the right spirit I can say this and you will hear it. It may not be a journey for everyone. I don't, I don't say that with any desire to, in any sense, exclude anybody. But it is going to be different. It's going to be radical. If we're going to truly serve God, if we're going to truly be out there on the fairway, on the course, not just occasional followers of Jesus Christ, it will look different as we go forward. That might not be a journey that everyone wants to make. And we love you and we bless you if you feel called into other places. Because we're going on this journey. We're going on this journey. We'd love you to join us. But it begins, it begins with us. It begins with that positioning before God. Nicky Gumbel has said, the best time to take directions for a journey is at the beginning. Do you know there was a survey across some American churches a few years ago and 25% of those people surveyed in a whole breadth of churches said that basically they were in some way dissatisfied with their church. Of that 25%, a significant proportion said that they were stalled in their Christian journey, that somehow there was a barrier that they didn't feel able to get through and therefore they were thinking of leaving. Another big percentage of those people were dissatisfied with their church because their church was not doing enough to help them grow spiritually. Well friends, can I just tell you the truth? It's not the church's job. I don't mean that to say that we don't have, as a leadership, as a community together, responsibilities for this to be the healthiest community that it can be. I don't mean that we don't have responsibility to provide resources 
for spiritual growth and to encourage and to engender spiritual growth. And we, we're aware of that. We're deep, deadly serious about our responsibilities as your leadership. But friends, bottom line, it's not your church's responsibility to give you spiritual growth. It is our responsibility as followers of Jesus Christ. And as we mature, as we grow, the Christian life works like this. At the beginning of your journey, your church community has a massive role to play in education, development, in discipling. But the more mature you get, the greater is your own personal responsibility to draw closer to God. You could buy me the best gold set in the world. You could buy me some brightly coloured, checkered trousers. But that will not make me a better golfer. I could even go for some lessons with a golf pro. But if I do nothing myself, I will not be a better golfer. Friends, there can be good reasons to leave churches. There can be good reasons why God calls us out into other places. But there also can be very bad reasons. What are the essential dimensions of being a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, first, on the slide, it's a way of life for the whole of life. <coughs> As a leadership, we absolutely take it completely on the chin that we have not utilised the full giftings and experience and spiritual maturity of our church family. Following is for the whole <coughs> of life. You don't, you don't make it. You don't stop off on the way. <coughs> you don't only expect the, the new Christians to be learning. You learn and you walk for the whole of your life. And you serve for the whole of your life. The way we translate the Greek word for disciple properly reflects the fact that it does mark a decisive moment of conversion but our English translations, make disciple, we disciples, do not properly reflect the fact that in Greek, it's also a decisive beginning of a lifelong journey. Have you stalled? Have I? Have I stalled? Secondly, and it flows neatly, of course, discipleship following Jesus involves intentional learning. Intentional learning. Friends, how are you going to feed yourself this coming year as a follower of Jesus Christ? Some of it, some of it will have expression for us as a church family. But it's for each one of us the call in Matthew 28 is teaching them. And again, it means teach and go on teaching. Learn and go on learning. A disciple, an apprentice, was someone who followed a person, not sat in a classroom. Again, would you do me, please, the honour of trying to hear what I'm about to say with the spirit in which it's Our life groups are fundamentally important, of course, to our fellowship and our personal support. They really matter. But if you want to learn as a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, you will ask yourself if it is time to engage in new ways with new people. That is always incredibly difficult. I know. 
I've been there. I've got a t-shirt. But I have learned the most when I have put myself alongside new people in new situations for God's purposes. I say that humbly to you as a church. If we want to grow deeper with God, we have to draw more people into our small group fellowship life. And we cannot do that unless we release the space and the energy to do that. I offer that to you humbly as a truth. Thirdly, what flows from that then is following is done in community. It's done together. It's done with accountability. Did you notice, as I highlighted, Matthew talks about the doubters coming alongside those who were more up for it in their faith. It was a mix of people with a mix of responses. <coughs> who are you accountable to? Who can really ask you about the state of your, your marriage? What you are or aren't looking at <coughs> on, on screens? Who can, who can really tell you when you've become quite, a, quite an angry person? Or you, you become quite a, a self-focused person? Who also can say to you, when, when you said that, when you did that, that was so life-giving. That was so encouraging. Thank you. And who are you doing that for? Who are you mentoring? Who are you encouraging in following Jesus Christ? And the final one that is essential to followership is mission. Is sharing faith. Go and make disciples. Is the way that you're speaking and living impacting on other people, which causes them to also want to follow the Jesus that you follow? Friends, we're going on an amazing journey. I'm really excited about it. I think God could want to do quite bananas things with us. I think he wants to bless our socks off. I think he wants us to be an amazing beacon of light and life in Cheltenham and well beyond. But it starts with us. It starts with us. How serious is it going to be? God is looking for people to trust. People to trust. Are we going to be trustworthy? The little diagram that you have in the centre pages of the sheet that you handed out comes from John Mark Homer. Many of us were impacted by John Mark's teaching. Uh, at New Wine last year. John uh, speaks powerfully about spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines, those things which put you in a place where God can do his work in you. You'll have noticed that this Healthy Habit series is not a series on each of the disciplines, because that makes it mechanical, that makes it a kind of to-do list. But what this prompts us to ask, the Holy Spirit, God with us now, is God, what would be the healthy habits for this year? The things that I could do that would allow you to go deeper in me. John Mark puts it onto the grid of the two lines and this suggests that it can be helpful to think about how particular spiritual habits, practices, will, will stretch you. Now, this is not puritanical. This is not, it must hurt 
in order to be good. But it's wise. So, for example, John Mark says those of us who appear up on the top of platforms and get a lot of public acknowledgement already would be wise to ask God if he would lead us into those habits, those places which are alone and quiet. You'll not be surprised that is a bit of a stretch. It's good for me. It's an important way of bringing balance. We offer you this as a, as a prompt, as a tool. But you may know as God speaks to you right now, you may know the more important things for you. It could well involve mentoring, having someone who can speak into your life, and being willing to invest your time to speak into the lives of others. It could well involve some new spiritual practices. What would it mean to position yourself before God in 2018 so that he can do everything that he wants to do in your life and with us, his church. I hope in a year's time you will see less of me. <laughs> what will I see? What will I see in us? We'll be quiet for a moment before we stand. When God reveals things to us, it is for our good. God, when you speak into our hearts, when you prompt us, it is not for a wrong kind of effort on our part to earn your praise. but it is to go deeper in relationship with you. And so Holy Spirit, we listen. We listen. while we keep in an attitude of prayer and perhaps have our eyes closed. I wonder if there's anyone here who wants to start following Jesus. You've not, you've not actually been following Jesus. 
And so you would like to stand right now because you want to follow Jesus. And I invite you to do that. To stand now and say, yes, in 2018, I want to follow Jesus. It's a big thing to do. So for those of you who are standing, in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may you receive now the assurance of the forgiveness of your sins. May you now receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your hearts and in your lives. Jesus, come now into these lives. Fill these hearts with your presence. Speak into these hearts about your love for them, your joy as they choose to follow you. And Holy Spirit, will you now take them by the hand and lead them in following Jesus Christ. And those of you who have stood, you need to choose somebody now who you're going to come and speak to after this celebration. It can be me or Gareth or someone else who's brought you to this celebration today. But we want to make sure that you have a spiritual friend alongside you for the first part of this journey. And I now offer the invitation for anyone who wants to also stand because this is the beginning of something new. Maybe you've been a follower of Jesus Christ for a while, but you are wanting to stop faffing around with second-hand clubs and occasional borrowed equipment, but you want to follow Jesus in a new way in 2018. Stand now, please, if you want to do that, and I'm going to pray for you. Thank you for standing. If you want to stand and say, yes, don't stand lightly, stand because you want to be serious in your following Jesus Christ. This is a moment, this is a physical action to reflect your desire for this year. Some of you may need to stand because you're going to say no to something big. There's that barrier that I spoke about before, that spiritual barrier. You don't see a, ray, a way around it, but you know you need to stand because you want to say, God, you are the answer. Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come to those who stand. Come now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Fill your people, Holy Spirit, with power. Fill your people with all your good things. May, they, may their lives be transformed by the presence and the power of Jesus to walk the way of Jesus. And because we are community, if you just notice someone beside you has stood, just put a hand on them, just pray for them now. No one will do anything weird other than simply pray God's blessing on you. If you see people stood perhaps, just pray for them. This is a significant moment. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Again, for those who have stood, I pray, I pray, please, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord of all, that you will now resolve 
What is your next step? Do you need somebody who's a spiritual friend? Do you need a change of lifestyle? Do you need to come for prayer? What is it that will lead you into the Lord's way? What are the healthy habits? Jesus, seal these things in you. Finally, an opportunity for us all to stand if you're able to. And I am watching the time. Don't worry, parents. But don't go without receiving this prayer of God's blessing. There's an opportunity for prayer at the front. We're not rushing away. Those of you, can we, we don't know who they are, but at least six or seven people stood to say they want to follow Jesus. It was spiritual friends on the journey that you embarked on, especially if that's you to come to the front and just make yourself known to someone at the front, or you can also with people around you. And those of you who stood, because this is a special day again for you to come forward, but also for anyone else who wants to come forward and receive prayer at the front, that's going to happen right now after I've prayed this prayer with God's blessing for each one of us. Father God, this is your church. Jesus, your church. Jesus, your people. We just get the opportunity to share. To share in what you're doing. And we pray for God's richest blessing on each other. God's richest blessing for this year of following Jesus. Lord, we just pray for any of us who are here today and it just is so difficult at the moment because of personal circumstances, because of losses. Jesus, come. Please come. Those struggling with injustices, those struggling with health issues, healing of body, mind or spirit, Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. Right now, heal, please. Heal in the name of Jesus. Blessing, blessing, blessing we pray for each other, for all those we love, for Cheltenham and beyond. Blessing, blessing. And so please just come to the front now. We'll pray for you if you want prayer before you go from this place. Others are going to need to leave. Refreshments are served. New people to Trinity, there's a welcome point at the back. But would you just come forward now if you want some prayer at the end of our time together? Come and receive that and bless you as you go from this place. Those who
Thank you. 